Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to the JP Money Podcast. I sincerely appreciate you being here with me today. Taking the time to listen to this show means the world to me. I really appreciate it. Now, that being said, today we're going to jump back into a really important topic. Uh, we've titled today's episode, Staying the Course. All right, There's a lot of noise that comes into our life, a lot of inputs uh, that we have into our minds that uh, can distract us uh, from things that are really important, whether it's your, your spirituality, your relationships, uh, your career, your job, your finances, okay? all those things uh, should be pretty high on your priority list. And, and unfortunately, in the society in the 21st century that we live in here today, uh, there's more distractions than we've ever had before. Okay, It kind of reminds me of a good song by uh, a guy named Kenny Chesney. You may have heard of him. He's on the, the country music charts. He has a song called Noise. And uh, here's, the, here's the opening lyrics to his song. Here's what he says. He says, wrecking balls, downtown construction, bottles breaking, jukebox buzzing, cardboard sign says the Lord is coming, tick, tick, tock, rumors turn the mills back home, parking lot kids with the speakers blown. We didn't turn it on, but we can't turn it off, off, off. Sometimes I wonder how do we get here? Seems like all we ever hear is noise. Yeah, we scream. Yeah, we shout till we don't have a voice. In the streets and the crowds, it ain't nothing but noise. Drowning out all the dreams of this Tennessee boy just trying to be heard in all this noise. All right, today's episode is about finding that work-life balance, blocking out things that are unimportant, and uh, you know, focusing your mind on things that are important. And so we're going to walk you through a few different examples of that uh, and some of the differences between people who are, are successful and are able to focus on on these items and those who ultimately end up being unsuccessful uh, through, you know, forming poor habits early on in life. So hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks again for listening to the JP Money Podcast. All right, JP Money listeners, as we jump into today's episode, here's sort of my thesis for, for the episode. I just wrote it down here so I don't misspeak. Okay, here's the thesis for today. Successful people think ahead and design their life and decisions today to set their future selves up for success. They're not surprised by what life throws at them because they anticipated it. All right, there's a lot of things in our life that we cannot control. Uh, so the taking care of the things that we can control is going to make all the difference down the road. And I want to just give a quick shout out to one of the uh, amazing, consistent JP Money listeners out there. Uh, his name's Neil. Uh, Neil's a, a friend here at the show, a uh, good friend of a friend as well. So kind of been connected through a few different people. And and Neil is, uh, you know, he's got a young, young child in his family. He's got a wonderful wife. Uh, they make a great team. And, you know, it's just people like that that really encourage me that are willing to you know, admit that they're not perfect and that they got a lot to learn, just like myself and every, you know, every other person that listens to this podcast. And they're trying to think ahead and think about, okay, what can I fix now? So later on in life, you know, I won't regret missing out on this opportunity because we all have regrets. And if you say, I don't, you're lying or you, you aren't aware of things that you missed out on because there's tons of, um, things that we're blind to, no matter what area, what career you're in. Uh, hindsight is always twenty twenty, and there's always things that we could have been aware of 
oftentimes very simple things that we simply weren't aware of uh, and we missed out on different opportunities. So you know, reached out just asking about high yield savings accounts. Uh, last episode, we kind of went through some different options there. You want to know who I use personally. I told him that I use uh, Marcus by Goldman Sachs, uh, but there's a lot of different ones. Ally Bank, I know, is one that uh, plenty of people use uh, to take advantage of the little bit higher interest rates that, that those online brokers off offer. And, um, you know, it's just really cool, really cool that some of the content we're putting out there, people are reaching out, asking questions. I ask a lot more questions to people uh, than uh, give advice. Um, so, you know, I call it just being a sponge. I've been in education for 10 years. I've relied heavily on my coworkers, even my students at times, uh, to get feedback, to make sure that I'm making the best possible decisions uh, for myself and for the community that I'm working with, whether it's a family, a classroom, a relationship, you know, whatever it is. So kudos to you, Neil. Keep fighting the good fight, my friend. And uh, you've got a very successful future ahead of you. And I uh, look forward to the next concert that you put on. I haven't seen one of those in a couple of years. So hopefully you can put one of those together for me here in the next few months. All right. That being said, um, you know, just going back to that that thesis statement here about making decisions now to set yourself up for future future success. Um, you know, this is something that just drives me crazy, especially as a teacher. It's like you know, you tell these students, "Hey, I got a I got a quiz coming next Tuesday," and then next Tuesday comes, and they go, "Oh, I really wish I would have known that there was a quiz. I would have studied." Well, did you listen last week when I said there's a quiz next Tuesday? No. Oh, and now it's my fault. Yeah, that's not how it works because the real world is going to rise up and smack you right in the face and let you know when you weren't prepared for something. So financially speaking, we have to prepare for those storms to occur. And that's just something that really drives me crazy. It's like people don't understand that their future is going to have expenses. You know, it's like, you know, parents who are aging, then their kids are turning 18, 19, 20, going off to college. Maybe they're getting married, moving on with their, their life. And it's like, you didn't know that your kids were going to move out of the household? Like, well, that's just a surprise to you that they're now 30 years old and they are looking to move to a different area or looking to start a family, their own family or whatever it is. Um, you should have anticipated that. That's what happens when kids get, you know, turn into their 20s or so, um, you know, or even like young, young families that have little kids and they're trying to grow their family and they're living in a one bedroom apartment and they're like, oh man, I really wish I, I had more space. And that's a totally valid feeling, but that also should have been anticipated. You should have recognized, all right, I have this kid. I got another kid coming. Now my family of two is a family of four. Um, you're probably going to need more space for that. And I'm not saying that you know, the housing crisis, the housing affordability isn't real. I, I understand that. But my point is, there's life's going to change constantly. And adapting to it is incredibly important and meaningful. And if you don't adapt and if you don't look ahead, you're going to fall flat on your face. All right. So it's like, you know, a year or two ago, Mel Tucker, coach of Michigan State Football University. You know, I should give these guys a shout out all the time because they just enjoy the program. All right. Let me let me live my best life. All right. We play Ohio State today. It's going to be a rough day. And, you know, we we're playing at Miami at the beginning of the season last year. And Miami at the time was like top 15 in the country. Michigan State wasn't ranked. And the whole summer, Mel Tucker knew that Michigan State was going down to Southern Florida to play football. 
All right. Football's pretty hot sport. All right. Got to wear all these pads. And then, you know, in Michigan, you know, the, in, in the fall, it's kind of cool up here. And this game's down in Southern Florida where it's 90 degrees. So they practice throughout the summer indoor. They cranked up the heat. They got these kids acclimated to that atmosphere. So when they went down there to play the hurricanes, they weren't surprised. All right. They even prepped the kids with, they had them eat certain diets uh, they had them practice being dehydrated so they wouldn't cramp up when the game came along. And then, you know, the big story after beating Miami wasn't that they beat Miami. It was how, how were these kids so prepared to play down in this weather? Miami was the team cramping up, not Michigan State. That's because the dietary experts on the team anticipated the changing circumstances and prepared for it months in advance. Kudos to you, Michigan State football. Way to think ahead. All right. And I tried this myself. I'm an eighth grade basketball coach. I don't know if you know that about me. I take it pretty seriously. All right. Last year, team was pretty, pretty good for the, you know, the size of the school that we have pretty talented kids on the team. We're playing against this other pretty good team. And I had the opportunity to watch them earlier in the season, just kind of saw the team that we were going to be playing against. And I knew they had two kids that were really good. And the rest of the team was just kind of average. All right. Hate to label an eighth grader, but that's what I saw when I was watching the game. So number 42, number 10, really good athletes. And the whole week or two prior to playing them, we just practiced, hey, we're going to shut down 42. We're going to shut down number 10. Okay, we're going to run the boxing, you know, boxing one and the triangle and two on. We're going to put, you know, our best defenders, most physical defenders, and you're going to make life really difficult for number 42 and number 10. They're going to beat us. Their other 10 players on their team are going to beat us, not those two kids. Okay. Now, it didn't work for me. We actually lost and 42 had like 20 points and number 10 had like 20 points. So this is probably a bad example to be sharing, showing a little humility here. I tried. All right. So it doesn't always work out perfectly, I guess, is the moral of my story or just that I'm not the best basketball coach out there. But my spirit was in the right place. All right. Anticipating where problems are going to occur and then trying to prevent them from happening in the first place. All right. That's something that successful people do. And that's something financially stable people do early on in life. All right. There's really good. I just shared this, uh, you know, poem last week with my AP government students. Uh, This little poem, it's called The Man in the Glass. All right. Here you go. Listen to this. It says, when you get what you want and your struggle for self and the world makes you king for a day, just go to the mirror and look at yourself and see what the man has to say. For it isn't your father or mother or wife whose judgment upon you must pass. The fellow whose verdict counts the most in your life is the one staring back from the glass. He's the fellow to please, never mind all the rest, for he's with you clear to the end, and you've passed your most difficult, dangerous test if the man in the glass is your friend. You may fool the world down the pathway of years and get pats on the back as you pass, but your final reward will be heartache and tears if you've cheated the man in the glass. All right. I'm sure some of you have heard that poem before. If you haven't, rewind this podcast episode one minute, write that thing down, put it above your bedroom, you know, above your bed in your bedroom and read it every morning before you go on to take on the day. All right. Because sometimes there's no shortcuts to having a successful life. All right. And, you know, privilege is real. You got some people that are born on third base. They've got a lot of things working in their favor. You know, whether, you know, it's just being born into a family that has, you know, generational income and and generational, you know, trust and whatnot that are passed down to them. And they've, you know, started with inheriting a house or inheriting 
a, a bunch of assets. That happens all the time. All right. But it's not an excuse. You can't change the cards you were dealt. You can only change how you play the hand. All right. Famous quote there from um, the last lecture author, Randy Posh. All right. Probably he probably took it from somebody else. I'm not sure, but great, uh, great analogy there from, from him. Another great book. If you haven't read that before, last lecture, incredibly sad story, incredible, incredible, meaningful story, passing on some good life lessons to his kids. Okay. So there's just, you know, I like that poem because it shows you there's no shortcuts and it shows you that you're going to have to walk through the fire if you're going to be successful. All right. And so let's just talk, you know, they got different different types of demographics here at the JP Money Podcast. So let me just talk to the younger people here for a minute. Okay. If you're, and I'm 30, I think I'm 30, let's see, I was born in 1990, it's 2022, it's the end of 2022. I'm 32 years old right now. All right. So in the past, you know, 12 years or so, you know, these are, this is kind of the younger, younger audience here that I'm reaching out to for this, this next couple minutes. All right. First thing to think about. If you're, if you're younger and, and it was college week this past week at school. So this is all kind of fresh in my memories. I've been talking to my students about, you know, if college is worth it and if it's important and how much does it cost and student loans and, and all that jazz. All right. My, my one piece of advice for these high school students as they think about going to college is what's your return on investment? All right. What's your ROI? What's, uh, you know, what career are you going to go into? You can literally just Google it. All right. I want to be an engineer. Look up what is the average salary of an engineer, all right? Or if you want to be an electrician, you know, what's the average salary of an electrician, okay? And then you have to calculate how much that degree costs, you know? So choose your couple of schools that you're thinking about going to, and maybe it costs $100,000 to go to Michigan State for four years or whatever your, your state school is, you know, trying to take advantage of that in-state tuition. And then, you know, you, let's say you're going to be a teacher and the average starting salary is $40,000, that's not a good return on investment. All right. You're going through four years of schooling, okay, foregone income, number one, making $100,000, and then you're going to turn around and make $40,000. That's that's going to take you, especially if you're taking out loans to finance this education, if mommy and daddy aren't paying for it for you, uh, or if you don't have grants or you know certain um, scholarships that are going to pay for this tuition for you, that's not a real good ROI. And I hate to say it because I'm a teacher myself, uh, and it, it is an important job. All you parents out there know how important it is. You helps you sleep at night, I'm sure, when you know you got your kid going to school with a teacher that that you like and you think is doing a good job and is giving some meaningful lessons to these kids. Um, so society's got that one backwards. Uh, but that is, you know, an example of a poor ROI. All right. Or if you're going to Michigan State, you're paying hundred thousand dollars and you're gonna be an engineer and your starting salary is gonna be seventy thousand dollars, and you anticipate that to go up. By ten thousand dollars a year, or something like that. Now you're looking at a pretty healthy ROI. All right, you're going to look back. You know, when you get that degree at 22 years old, it might be tough for a couple of years, but once you hit 30 and you're not making 130 thousand dollars and you don't have any debt, you're going to be very happy with that decision. So, uh, you know, kids, you want to work smarter, not harder. All right. A lot of times I feel like I'm in the opposite boat. I work really hard. And I'm not just saying that to give myself a pat on the back. I certainly have my days of struggle and days of, um, you know, not working as hard. But um, there's a lot of time that goes into teaching outside of the teaching hours. And then, you know, your pay is just average. Um, you know, it's not, not not high pay. So that's just something to think about. And it's hard to recognize that when you're 21 years old. But you're going to feel it when you're 30, 
all right? It would be a really good thing for you and your family if you can work 20-hour weeks and you're making over $100,000. That means you have a specialized skill that the marketplace really values, okay? So I just really you know, would encourage you young listeners out there to take advantage of that. And, and I shared this a few years ago. I had the opportunity to speak to a group of Michigan State seniors, uh, education, um, social studies graduates, in uh, just the classroom settings, probably 25 of them or so. And it's me and a few other local area teachers that were talking about teaching and what we've learned and whatnot. And they were all asking me about how to best prepare for standardized tests and, you know, what classroom management techniques I like and uh, what kinds of, you know, what, what I would change about curriculum if I could change about it. And, and honestly, it's, it's like you're asking the wrong questions, right? You want to be able to, you want to be able to set up a work-life balance. I would ask you first, how much money are you going to make? Um, what extracurriculars are you interested in? How can you mentally separate work from your home life? Um, those are the things that are going to make the biggest difference. That's great that you want to do awesome for these kids. And of course you want to put the best classroom practices in place. Um, but you got to take care of yourself first. You got to put that oxygen mask on your face before you can help out other people. And a lot of teachers burn out in the first five years because of all the different strenuous, uh, exercises and activities that occur outside the classroom, dealing with those parent emails. Uh, dealing with, you know, the kids that you're putting their head down in your class, dealing with the kids that just want to watch their TikTok on their phone instead of listening to you talk about whatever you're teaching. Okay, you're in high school and you're teaching math and the kid doesn't understand fifth grade math. How are they going to understand your Algebra 2 class by the time they're sophomore? Okay, those are the issues that teachers are going to deal with. So you can talk about all the philosophies you want, but that's not going to serve you well. You need to ask the, the big questions. Um, and so, you know, that's just something to think through. And hopefully you can, you know, set your future self up for success with that. And, uh, and I'm pretty passionate about this. I keep talking about education. There's a documentary and I'll link it up in the show notes that uh, I was in for Detroit Public Television and a few other few other teachers as well. And uh, if you watch that, you see what I'm talking about. But it's a pretty passionate subject for me. So if you're a teacher out there, keep fighting the good fight. Keep working hard. Hopefully you're taking care of your classroom and your finances uh, because, uh, one of them is going to last forever and one of them's not. So you're going to want to make sure you're taking, putting that oxygen mask on yourself first. All right. Now, those of you that are maybe over my age, uh, you know, you're in your thirties, forties, uh, fifties, whatever it is. Okay. Over 32. Now that I've calculated how old I am. Uh, my priority for you, you know, or my, my suggestion, I guess, would be to understand your work-life balance and how important it is to take care of yourself and start um, maximizing the amount of time you have because tick tock, tick tock, time's going by quickly. And before you know it, you're going to be in your 60s, you're going to be ready to retire and you're going to be ready to, you know, move on with your retirement years. So, and I'm, I'm a lot of times when I give these podcasts, I'm preaching to myself more than I am to anybody else because I'm guilty of this as well. All right. So I was in a small group sort of leadership through the church uh, group last year and I gave this presentation, uh, my wife and I did on a book called the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Very good book. He kind of goes in, in the first half of the book about how our society is uh, very dis distracted. Um, and, you know, businesses will do that on, on purpose. It's, it's a war on our attention, whether it's a social media app or the internet or whatever it is. 
Okay. He actually has a good quote that he says that, uh, Comer says that we're distracted from distraction by distraction. Um, you know, and that we skim our lives instead of actually living them. And I don't want you to, you know, be my age, 32, and snap your fingers and wake up and you're 62. So there's a lot of, a lot of things that should happen in those, in those years. And um, part of that is, and again, I'm guilty of this myself, you get so wrapped up in your work, so wrapped up in your job that you forget about the things that matter most. Your, your faith, your family, uh, your marriage, uh, your, your close friendships, whatever it is. Uh, so, you know, here's, here's sort of 10 signs that, that are outlined in this book. And, and, you know, I, again, I recommend you read the book. So I'll just kind of skim over these, these 10 things, but these are 10 signs that, uh, you have hurry sickness, that you are distracted, uh, from distraction by distraction. Okay. Number one, if you have irritability, if you get irritated very easily, you're probably a little too distracted. You got to step away from work a little bit, focus on yourself and your mental health. Number two, hypersensitivity. Somebody says something to you that rubs you the wrong way and you are hypersensitive about it. Number three, restlessness. You can't sleep at night. Number four, uh, workaholism. Okay, that's just your nonstop activity. You can't disconnect yourself from work. You are constantly running errands. Uh, You're constantly fatigued and, and driven down, bogged down by work. Number five, emotional numbness. You can't really feel pain or you can't feel other people's pain. Empathy doesn't sit well with you. Um, that's a sign of being, you know, too hurried. Number six, out of order priorities. I'm guilty of this. Sometimes I spend like two to three hours looking for a five minute video clip on whatever topic I'm talking about the next day in my class, whether it's uh, federalism, all right, uh, joint committees in Congress, um, you know, categorical versus block grants, whatever government topic I'm talking about. Sometimes I'll just search, search, and search, and I'm like, whoa, it's 9 p.m., and I started this at 6 p.m. It's ridiculous. I'm guilty of that. Number seven, lack of care for your body. All right, you know that exercising is important, but you don't ever do it. Number eight, escapist behaviors, all right? Uh, whether it's drugs or alcohol, social media addiction, all right, um, looking for for answers in all the wrong places. Number eight, slippage of your spiritual disciplines, and number ten, isolation. Right? Maybe you had a group of people that you saw often and hung out with often, or you've had quality time with your family, and you're just are getting away from that. Okay, those are ten signs um, that if you're in your thirties, forties, fifties, and you're moving away from uh, the healthy things in your life and you're moving towards those things, those are signs that you got to, you know, strike up a better work-life balance. Okay. Um, So you notice that not any of those things that I was suggesting to, um, you know, the older people really had to deal with with money. Uh, You know, it's more about finding the right balance and making sure you're healthy uh, because uh, positive things will come your way, uh, financially speaking, when you take care of those other areas, all right? We all know that uh, the financial uh, formula for success uh, is is longevity, spending time time in the market rather than timing the market. Uh, and your career is another good example of that, so trying to find the right balance. And again, I'm preaching to myself more than anyone else, all right? And the last thing that I want to throw out there here before we close up today's episode is uh, just 
understanding the difference between uh, net worth and income. And I think I've talked about this a little bit, but this is still an area where talking to some of the JP Money Show listeners out there, some people still struggle with. And, and I bring this up because I'm recording this on October 8th, I want to say. And it's the fourth quarter now of the, of the fiscal year. And so, you know, my wife and I, we do a net worth calculation every quarter. And we enjoy it. It's fun. Uh, even though it's been slipping the past couple quarters, that's no big deal to us because we understand that over time, uh, the net worth will grow uh, as assets grow in value. Um, but, you know, it was just really uh, a fun experience for us once again, sitting down doing this net worth calculation. And I just got in this little bit of ra- rabbit hole, you know, looking at average net worth by age. And uh, I might have even shared the same chart on the podcast before, but this is from Nerd Wallet. And they break down the median versus average net worth. And so uh, here's just kind of what it says uh, for average net worth. If you're under 35 years old, they've got $76,000. If you're 35 to 44, it uh, jumps up to $436,000. 45 to 54, $833,000. And if you're 55 to 64, uh, about $1.2 million. Okay. Now that's average. Obviously, if you know statistics, you understand that there's some outliers there that are driving those numbers up. Some people are worth $100 million. And so when you take the average, that's going to drive those numbers higher because of those outliers. The median net worth is as follows. Less than 35, you're looking at $14,000. From 33 to 44, you're looking at $91,000. 45 to 54, $168,000. And from 55 to 64 years old, $212,000. Okay. And I've always been anti the comparison game. And I've talked about this before. People start on third base and it's not fair to yourself and it's not fair to them uh, to to play the comparison game. That's a fool's game. But, uh, you know, hearing those numbers can maybe motivate you a little bit. If you're underneath some of those, maybe it pushes you. To, to meet that average or to meet that median. Or if you're above that, maybe that gives you a little pat on the back and makes you feel like, okay, I've been making some good decisions uh, with, the, with the resources that I have at my disposal. Um, so again, if you're one of those younger listeners and you know, you're taking out debt and you are making uh, an income that is not very large because of your choice of degree in college, then um this maybe is the wake-up call that you need to understand that, hey, my, my income is less important than my net worth. There's a lot of people that have very high incomes. They make two, $300,000 a year that have very poor net worth because they bought a $4 million house and have a couple of $100,000 cars and they financed them. And so they actually have a lot of debt, even though they make a lot of money each month, right? And we have progressive taxes here in America. So uh, the more money you make, the more money you're paying in taxes. So we sort of have an incentive, uh, and I've talked about this before, but taking advantage of your tax advantage accounts to be able to, to lower your taxable income uh, each calendar year, each tax year. Uh, so just understanding that income is not everything. Uh, net worth is the number that you want to track and calculate, whether it's through an app like, uh, I think it's called Personal Capital is one that people use. I don't use that. I don't like to see my net worth on a daily basis, um, but quarterly or semi-annually or at least annually, once a year, keeping a tabs on that, especially if you're in a partnership or a marriage where you're sharing income, uh, that's something to make sure that both parties are on the same page. 
Um, so uh, that's something to just keep track of and keep in mind. Uh, this has been a fun conversation today. I appreciate you guys uh, listening in. Hopefully I've given you some things to think about for, for staying the course uh, and for uh, just you know continuing to uh, build yourself up, build others up around you. And, um, you know, we're in a down stock market right now. This is not an investing, uh, podcast or, uh, an investing advice podcast. Okay. This is not financial advice. Uh, this is things that have worked for me and my family in the past. And uh, I just want to share them with you. So, uh, hang in there, stay the course. There will be brighter days ahead as far as the, the stock market goes. And that might be in a month. It might be in a year, it might be in five years, it might be in 10 years statistically speaking, uh, beyond that, there's a very, very high, uh, likelihood, uh, that, that you will uh, continue to make money. And, um, and one other final point on that net worth calculation is, is one thing I started to, to track and keep tabs on is when stocks, you know, uh, you know, when corporations or you know, whoever's managing the stock will pay out dividends, uh, to their shareholders, you know, as a pat on the back for, for staying with the mutual fund or, or the stock and uh, in the index funds that that my wife and I primarily invest in, uh, they pay out uh, quarterly dividends and they pay out, some of them pay out annual dividends. So just once a year. So, you know, every March, June, September and December, we get a payout. Okay. And so in uh, our current payout wasn't very large. I think it was uh, $274, I want to say, if I remember correctly, uh, for our September dividends. Okay. But the cool thing about those is that those are reinvested, you know, at least if that's the option that you choose, which which it is for us, we're certainly not taking them at, at this age. But if you reinvest those dividends, you're now buying into the stock market at those lower prices. And as I always say, habits are what's important. So that $274 uh, you know, might not be life changing, but if we're able to continue investing and continue the habits that we built the past five or six years and do that the next five or six years, those $274 of dividend payouts that were reinvested will now be more like seven or $800. And then if we can do that for another, you know, six, seven, eight years, those $800 dividends are going to turn into $1,500 dividends. You're getting those quarterly. Now you're looking at six grand a year of completely passive income. All right. Fast forward to 20, 30, 40 years down the road. Now those dividends are 10, 12, $13,000. That's going to make a huge difference uh, in the portfolio performance in the long term. So just another good reason to stay the course and keep fighting the good fight. Uh, the, the prices you're getting right now are at a discount. Um, and it might go further. You might get more of a discount and it might not. So time will tell. All right. That's it for today. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, you have a fabulous rest of your week. Remember, tough times don't last, but tough people do. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Jordan here, the host of the JP Money Show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please share it with others if you found it useful or helpful. And remember, this is not intended to be financial advice, you should consult a professional financial advisor to help you run the numbers and look at your own personal financial situation. Thank you. Yeah, we scream, yeah, we shout till we don't have a voice.